to the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack and talk about three different topics each over the course of one beer. I'm your host, Nick Wakell, and I'm joined today for the first time in quite a little bit. John Church is in the house. Yo, yo, Nick, what's going on? What's up, John? How are you? That long, maybe September, I want to say. That's still quite a little bit. Fair enough. Do you remember the beer that you had last? No, so that's the uh, that's the measuring stick. <laughs> that's why you know, looking around at the wall up here, that is about um, after this week, probably like five more weeks until its completion. By that measure, I suppose it's been uh, a minute. And yes, the wall is mighty impressive. And yeah, wow, it won't be long before you're gonna have to uh, install new uh, a new level here. Yeah, I don't think I'm installing new shelving. Everyone keeps recommending <laughs> that, but I mean, come on. What, what about the moldings? I don't know. We have options. We will figure them out. All in, all in due time. But yeah, you are you are quickly running out of time. Yeah, well, four years will do that to you, John. Um, how's your 2021 been so far? 2021 has been not 2020. So that's... That's a good point. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, social shindigs are still few and far between, but they are uh, more frequent than at least the tail end of 2020. So I'm all for that. Still, it's a lot of... Uh, Sleep, eat, work, yeah. Uh, watch <laughs> movies or play video games. Watch is the entirety of the online collection between the four apps that we all use, as in Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and now HBO Max. HBO Max is. Beautiful. Have you started to fuck with um uh, Apple Plus yet? No. Um, my parents have an Apple account. Uh, they have Apple TV. I haven't really. I watched one episode of The Boys, uh, on it when um. Well, uh, well, that is not an Apple Plus original. That is Wait. a the Prime. Yes, it it is Prime. I, <laughs> There's I so I many. Know, now. I don't know why I was, I was watching it on on Apple TV for some reason. But in any case, I, I don't really mess with Apple Apple Plus, which is too bad because I heard that uh, on the Rocks movie was pretty good. Okay, um, uh, I've just been hearing a lot about the show Ted Lasso. Um, I've heard about that. I, I did watch the first two episodes because I was allowed to watch like two episodes of a show uh, when I got. Uh, Apple Plus on my Fire Stick, but I don't have it paid for because wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know you know how I roll. All of my devices are not compatible with with each other in terms of my robots that play all my music, my TV, my phone, and my computer. They're all different. Fair enough. Honestly, with HBO Max, you got enough. Let's just do the whole entertainment thing right now. <laughs> All right. Well, instead of doing that, John, why don't you tell us what we're drinking tonight? Because I'm feeling this is going to be one of the worst beers on the podcast. You know, just looking at it, Strawberry Jalapeno Margarita Ghost by... Flying Dog. Flying Dog Brewery. Can't say I've ever even heard of this beer. Um, All right. So this one is a 5.9%. I like both these flavors, but together and in beer form... I'm skeptical. I'm, I'm really skeptical. Yeah, I'm afraid because I had a beer on here early on in the podcast days that was had a pepper in it, and it was just terrible. But let's crack these Only open. Only one way to find out. <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> Episode 170, baby. Woo. I don't taste the jalapeno. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It tastes like a strawberry sour. It's not terrible. It does taste like a strawberry sour. I'm not immediately spitting it out. <laughs> that was my first impression. It's got a or, cool logo on it. It's got a a, yes. a tape, a cassette, 
tape deck, whatever you call those. In the uh, cassette. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cool label, and uh, I don't hate it. Beer number one, sports. Well, on to sports. The biggest sports story in the day today, Michael Pittman Jr. of the Indianapolis Colts is refusing to give up his number 11 for Carson Wentz, the quarterback that has just been traded there. I could have sworn I saw <laughs> something else on the ticker tape, but what a, what a dick move. What a dick move. You got your new franchise quarterback over there in Indy, and you're not going to give up your number for him when you are just a second-year wide receiver or going into your second year. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Wentz has got a bit more pull in this game. Uh, I'm surprised that... Uh, <laughs> That's where I went to start this? <laughs> Pittman's going to be this guy. And I'm, I'm surprised this is where you uh, went to start this because I was told we were going to start somewhere entirely different. Uh, well, we will get to that. We will get to that news. Um, Tiger Woods. <laughs> got in, uh, Sorry for laughing immediately after saying his name, but Tiger Woods got into a car accident that he had that the jaws of life had to be used to get him out of the car. And he suffered multiple leg injuries and is in surgery probably while we're recording this. These injuries are not uh, known to be life-threatening, but it's still scary and does question his golf future. Indeed, and uh, only 13 months after Kobe. So, yeah, that's uh, it'll, oh, make, it'll, it'll make your heart stop when you uh, see that come across the uh, ticker tape. Yeah, I mean, I always think, like, uh, years kind of start in March. I know they technically start in January, but for my own personal cycle— this would have been a hell of a tragic way to end this year, just like last year with Kobe dying would have been a was a hell of a tragic way to end that cycle. No offense to you, Nick, and the rest of the January and February birthdays, but yes, they are the shittiest months of the year. So. Um, I mean, yeah, I agree. February is the worst, I would say. Um, it's the only solace is that it's the shortest. It still feels the longest. We're still in it, you know. <laughs> mercifully to be over in six days january there's like it's just like a recovering period so a terrible time to have a birthday um after the holidays you know because well, what do you what do you call the uh the um the, the skip option on this uh, podcast now uh hold up we're, we're just gonna hold up and talk about the calendar let's do it <laughs> <laughs> oh you are you a bit big astrology fan over here john not exactly no we can we your can... birthday is august 1st very good Okay, um, what does that make you on the astrological charts? I am a Leo, and I've um, talked about this at length with multiple people, and my understanding of it is I don't fit the um, the um, personality for Leo at all. Do you know what like their big personalities are? Uh, loud, headstrong, um, stubborn. Just suppose I am stubborn in certain aspects. We're going to have a live call on this podcast, so because this is my second time she has called, Jenna is joining us, everybody. She is coming on via speaker. Jenna, you're live on the Split Six podcast since you were relentlessly calling me. What's up? What's up, Jenna? Uh, who's with you? John. Hi, John. Hi, Jenna. Um, Nick, I was wondering if you would work my birthday party and be the server for the party. Uh, um, can I say No. <laughs> For me to serve would serve people at your birthday yeah okay i mean i'm gonna get drunk still oh no no that's not allowed okay well then no <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding world-class service to wear a server's outfit what you have to wear a t-shirt with a tuxedo and a bow tie okay is this what you're calling me for <laughs> can i hang up on you yeah bye 
<laughs> Spiffy AF. Sorry for that, everyone. <laughs> I thought something important might have happened. Actually, I'm glad it didn't because that would have been a weird time to answer that phone call. <laughs> Indeed. But no, I mean, there are parties in a few days, so I, I understand uh, wanting to get this resolved. Yeah. COVID party, baby. Come on. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a game time decision. Sorry, Jenna. <laughs> uh, I don't think she listens. <laughs> Actually, I'm 100% certain she doesn't. But <laughs> um, So what were we talking about? Uh, oh, 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 we were talking about Leos. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm the, apparently I'm the least Leo that ever Leoed. And uh, remind me again, like I just asked, I know, but was distracted. What are your supposed qualities? Leos are very intense and loud and headstrong people and very set in their ways, which I suppose I am to some extent. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I feel like you're... Uh, that None of those really describe you to that, a T at all. That ain't my vibe. <laughs> yeah, like, well, um, good, because the other Leos that we know are Mike Wells, I believe. Indeed. Uh, isn't He's Kim more like a, that. Isn't Kim a Leo as well? Kim might be a Leo. I'm, I believe it's uh, the very end of July through august 22nd 23rd thereabouts yeah well yeah well you you aquarians unite (laughs) but uh in other news let's get back to tiger woods because this is uh, a kind of a crazy thing that's happened um and in terms of his golf career one of the he's like essentially the goat of golf this is the reason that golf is a thing that people talk about a reason that i am talking about golf in this podcast when i fucking kind of hate golf we can agree on that. Yeah, so you're not a golfer. No. Uh, people, you... t- people talk to me like, you know, baseball's boring. Like, if baseball is boring, <laughs> then golf is like watching fucking paint dry. Dude, trust I can't me. do it. Going to a baseball game sounds electric right now. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I'm notably have uh, always shit on baseball. But... but you're starved for any kind of live entertainment. <laughs> I just want to be in a massive group of people again. Yes. <laughs> I, we, we can agree on that. Um... And this beer is getting better. Yeah, not bad actually. I was really nervous. I don't, I don't know where the jalapeno comes from, but I'm tasting it a little. Maybe bit. Maybe it's a little tickle in the back. <laughs> um, Hopefully, that's not the Rona. So, as um, uh, the baseball expert that comes on these podcasts, what do we need to know about the coming season? Um, and another question is like, how is COVID going to affect this season? Is are they still planning on playing all their games? They're planning on playing a, a full season, which I thought was kind of dumb. There had been mm-hmm. talk about putting opening, which I thought would have been best, um, putting opening day off until May 1st. Yeah. The 30 games in April could have, e- to give more players a chance to get vaccinated, they could have easily made up the full April schedule just by scheduling 30 doubleheaders for every team mm-hmm. from May 1st on. But now they're eager to get the season started on time, and they're going to go for it. Um, I mean... It's well, like, there's been good news in the COVID front um, of late. It seems it's trending in the right direction, and hopefully it won't uh, fuck with the season because it did uh, affect it a little bit, particularly with uh, Justin Turner contracting it and then continuing to still celebrate with his teammates. Yeah, uh, when it the affected a little Series. bit. There was, what, like 60 games they played last year? Yeah. I, <laughs> it affected it greatly. <laughs> uh, just, just a little bit. Um, I was hoping they would have prolonged it or put it off for another month just to – ensure yeah. that the season will go off without a hitch but uh manfred and his owner cronies are determined to get it started and start lining their pockets as soon as they can that's baseball's biggest issue right it, there's actually i don't know if you saw a story came out but 
Kevin Mather, who until yesterday, I believe, was the president of the Mariners, um, did something. He did something where, like, I I see shit like this. I'm like, this guy's trying to get fired. Uh-huh. Either this guy's the most tone deaf dude who ever lived, or he's actually trying to lose his job. He came on and he shit talk. Um, the Mariners hired um, Hisashi Iwakuma, who was a Japanese pitcher who pitched for them for years. They hired him as a special assistant, and he went on a conference call and talked shit about his English speaking abilities. He did the same. What? <laughs> he, he did this. He did the same thing for their prospect Julio Rodriguez. Um, from somewhere in uh, Central America. I'm drawing a blank on where I yeah. should talk his English-speaking abilities. Um, Why? Because he, uh, he was trying to get fired. He, he, he talked uh, down about Kyle Seeger, who's been their best player for a decade, and saying he's not worth his contract. He's, you know, in spite of... Where, when? Wait, so what is this guy in the organization? He was the president. Um, I don't think the... Um, the general manager baseball hierarchy is very weird like that every mm. team has a different setup but he was the president and ceo i believe and he went on some um conference call with um i don't think the press but bottom line it leaked and uh, yeah just he, being inc- incredibly racist yes. to a bunch yeah. of his own players and he also admitted to manipulating service time of his prospects which is which has been known to be one of a, a practice but no one ever has ever like openly admitted to doing it um, yeah, or so, I, I have a vague understanding of that premise of manipulating service time of because in baseball it's like when you're when you're first drafted like they can like as you said manipulate your service time to to where you're not actually owed a contract for the longest out of all the sports I believe something like that they automatically control you can control every player for six years but then it takes a certain amount of time accrued in a year to count as a year so mm. you can easily manipulate it into seven years of control. Or, or more right um, so that's and, that's that's even like like you said it's like a common practice across the league because yeah, i've but, even I've, if i've heard about it that means that everyone's fucking doing it mm-hmm. but no one's actually come out and admitted to it and he did and needless and needless like the the racist remarks would have gotten him fired alone yeah but then he went on and a tangent of that, of that as well and needless to say he's no longer president of the mariners yeah well the mariners aren't very good right they have not made the playoffs since 2001 Ooh, that, wow. Which I think is the longest playoff drought of any, of certainly any baseball team, maybe in all of North American professional sports. Yeah, I'm trying to think of my extensive knowledge of the NBA and um, uh, the NFL, and I can't think of a team. I would think with the NBA, with eight teams, eight playoff teams in each uh, division, that it would lend itself to making the playoffs even as, even as an eight seed that gets their ass kicked, you know, right, every right. few years. The only team I could think of maybe in the NBA, and I'm certain they made the playoffs at one point during this stretch, but maybe the Sacramento Kings, because I always forget about that team. I still think of the Sacramento Kings as being like Chris Weber and Mike Bibby and oh, Peja, I forgot about Peja that. Stojakovic. That would have been in the 2000s then, right? In early 2000 kevin martin i i had kevin martin in fantasy ba- in fantasy basketball he was really good for a minute but yeah that that is my last knowledge of the sacramento <laughs> Kings. so you're probably right i mean the lions have only been there three times over this time period but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the lions that's that's, that's the lions <laughs> this Cheers. is uh the detroit sports um sinking pot of doom that the entirety of all of our professional sports are in right now the tigers are probably closest and that's kind of sad because they've <laughs> we're the third worst team in baseball last year. 
Yeah, the Tigers, actually, um, I've always said this on the podcast, like, I don't like watching baseball. I don't particularly enjoy it, but I really love listening to people talk about it on the radio and whatnot. And uh, from what it seems, <laughs> for me, just listening to other people spout out information, the Tigers do seem the closest, like, I mean, the Lions are clearly the closest to winning a championship just because of how the sport works. Because Fair enough. Their drafts are so much, like, baseball drafts, it's, Total crapshoot. Total crapshoot. Um, NBA, NHL drafts, they're all uh, take a long time to develop these people, and they have that fucking lottery. And then NFL drafts, it's just like, yeah, you know who the best players are because you have this fucking farm system that everyone watches in college football. Uh, so the Lions – and it's football, so like they're, it's easier to flip it. There's only 16 games. Things can True. go right. So th- I would say – I want to take out the Lions, but <laughs> – the Tigers are probably closest, then probably the Pistons, and then probably the Red Wings, which is unfortunate for Hockey Town. Indeed. Well, an Iserman we trust. I, I haven't given up yet. I, he did great things in Tampa Bay. We'll, they'll get there, but yeah, it's going to take a minute. Nothing, is, nothing to do with uh, Iserman. It's just that this is what a rebuild does in hockey, especially when you can't when you have the worst lottery odds like ever <laughs> when what when the Red Wings have had. When you're really good for a quarter century, mm. you know, eventually you're going to pay. First 25 years of my life. You're going to have to pay the piper eventually. And uh, I, But I am eager for uh, the Wings to be good again because so far I've been to LCA for more concerts than Wings games. Oh, nice. I, I, I mean, I actually nice because don't waste your money. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, but uh, yeah, it's it's bottom line. It's a sad scene here in the Motor City, and I'm eager for uh, that to change. Right. Um, so I, you were at my house recently, and you said that you didn't watch like any football this year. I watched the uh, the first Lions game of the year. Shout out to uh, Al Atkinson, Chris Summers, and Mike Barkstock, who almost certainly do not listen to this. Um, <laughs> but that well, that's was a, on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's on me. I, I take the blame. <laughs> and that was the most fun I've ever had watching a Lions game, just from the ecstasy and the agony of that game. Holy shit, the last <laughs> minute where it, it looked like they had it won. And and it the, went right through the hands of our rookie, De- yep. or DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Lions gonna Lions. I watched that. I watched like maybe 15 minutes of the uh, the Bucks saints game. Uh, Brady Breeze. I had to watch some of it. And then I watched the Super Bowl and... Holy shit, that, that's the worst Super Bowl I can remember. <laughs> well, um, it's not the worst Super Bowl I can remember. There, is, there has been plenty worse. Um, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic. I've, <laughs> I've watched the Super Bowl every year for like 20 years. For not being a football guy, you know, I, I, I do make a point to watch the Super Bowl every year. But, wow, that game was a total snooze fest. The Chiefs, mm. the Chiefs let me down big time. If the Lions, are you, are you, would you consider yourself like a Lions fan? No. Would, do, you have a, do you have a different team that you're a fan of? In the not, NFL, not really. Like, um, I've I've always admi- the the Steelers have uh, history. I've always they they've always seemed to be defensive minded, and I appreciate that. Um, the Ravens were enjoyable for a long time there. I have I have players I, I follow. Uh, I've always liked Drew Brees. I think he's uh, he doesn't get enough credit. He's in the completely in the shadow of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. But um, well, yeah, he only has one Super Bowl win and appearance. If you're gonna, no one can measure up to Brady on the. I don't know if anyone can throughout all sports. Brady has more Super Bowls than any other franchise, right? I think I saw some. Now, now that now that he won, maybe actually, I don't actually. I'm not. I'm not certain. I saw probably. I saw some statistic. Well, he all 
ever. He's played in 18% of the Super Bowls ever played, which is ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. And he's not going away. Mm-mm. Though, uh, to, 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 he almost certainly doesn't listen to this either. But <laughs> I've, I've seen these memes where you're not the GOAT. If you want, you want to prove you're the GOAT, come to Detroit and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I was uh, really campaigning for that last year. Um, before he went to the box saying like, come on, all the paths are in place. We got all these Patriot people, you know, this is what truly makes you the goat. Didn't happen, thankfully, mm-hmm. because we probably would have not won the Super Bowl, but we probably would have made the playoffs and we just still had Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, the two worst general manager coach combination I've ever seen across professional sports, other than like anything Adam Gase does. Um, the Jets former head coach but. oh maddie patty it started with started out with such promise what happened i'm a lion slappy so everything they do i always think like yeah this is gonna work out right now i do think what they're doing is gonna work out of course but uh we will wait and see <laughs> it's weird not having stafford here because i started liking football right when we drafted stafford really or started paying attention to the lions when we dra- drafted stafford before that i was a patriots fan for obvious reasons because they were- only uh Say good things about him. He, uh, and I, I'm, I'm, I, though I have, I have no rooting interest in the Lions. I, for his sake, I am glad he did not go the way of uh, Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. You mm. know, all, an all-time great. Waste now. Not that I'd say Stafford's an all-time great. He's a franchise great to be sure. Yeah. But wasting away his entire career here and then you know, retiring prematurely. Um, I mean, he's, just for the sake of not being here, he gets a chance to go to L.A. and do some. He's, he's probably a top top. I would say he's probably the third on the list of the best lines ever to play the play for Detroit. You know, mm-hmm. we got you got Barry and then Calvin and then probably Stafford. Yeah, yeah I don't really know what else ranks in there. Maybe Herman Moore, but that was before my time, so I don't care. The, the, I've, I've said it on this podcast before. The NFL doesn't give a shit about its history. Anything before 1966. Oh yeah, or, or the cares? first Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to hear about Bart Starr or whatever. I he might have been after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows? Or, or Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. Yeah, who cursed the Lions forever? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um. So enough about that. Who are who's the favorite for baseball right now? Uh, that's what the, I want to dive into is the, your knowledge of baseball right now. Let's let's the, pull some of that out of you. Fair enough. The San Diego Padres just had uh, an off season for the ages. They went out and got. Two really good starting pitchers in you Darvish and Blake Snell. Um, so you Darvish, where where was he from? He was he's Heritage or what? Organization uh, what what was, organization did he start? He's with the Cubs. Um, okay. He yeah the, the Cubs traded him. They got and they got Blake Snell from Tampa, and so that's going to be because the Dodgers won the World Series last year. That's going to be a great race between the Dodgers and the Padres. The Yankees uh, also had a good offseason going out and getting Corey Kluber and someone else. I totally forgot. Um, but bottom, they're probably the best team in the American League. The White Sox, as much as I hate to say it, had a really good offseason. Oh, really? Um, I would say in spite of the fact that, you know, they did the Tigers a huge solid and hired Tony La Russa because they're under the impression it's 1985 and he hasn't managed in 10 years and AJ Hinch was out there granted with all the baggage from the Houston debacle but the Tigers did very well to get AJ Hinch uh but the White Sox are still the class of the division um okay were they they weren't last year were they or was it no um I think uh, Minnesota won the division but the White Sox made a lot of a lot of good moves I 
I legitimately think, think that they've passed the Twins. The Indians traded uh, Carrasco and Lindor to the Mets. The Mets probably the best offseason besides the Padres. Interesting. The Mets haven't been good since I've been remotely kind yeah. of following well, baseball. They, they've, they've, and they should have been there. They play in the biggest market in North America. They mm. play in the same market as the Yankees, who they've always played second fiddle to, but they've never had an owner who, get, who gave a shit. And now they have an owner who gives a shit, and yeah. suddenly they're... I wouldn't put them above the Braves in the NL East, but I, I would definitely expect the Mets to make the playoffs this it's year. It's weird with all the New York teams, like in all the sports. Indeed. Like yep. you got basketball, you got the Knicks and the Nets. And right now the Nets are probably the second favorite to win the yep. title. Yep. At least at least in the East. Yep. I mean, you got the um You got the Mets and the Jets. Or sorry, the the Jets and Jets and the, the Giants. Giants, Giants yep. have always been good. Islanders and the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers have always been pretty solid. Rain or the Islanders, I don't think they've really done anything in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I, I suppose it's it, you know it's it's twice as big as any other U.S. city, so I guess it makes sense they would have yeah eight teams between four sports to pull. And then four. if you count Buffalo, you, you got another. <laughs> my understanding, my understanding, I've never been I've never been to New York State. Is that Buffalo, Buffalo and New York City is it's kind of like pittsburgh and philadelphia same state yeah. but they might as well be opposite ends of the world just i mean with buffalo is just the other side of niagara falls if you're not in canada so it's like that far apart right right <laughs> and i have been to buff well i haven't been to buffalo but i might have driven through it once i've never been to new york city and i want to go because it feels like my place i i would too would like to see new york uh not in the time of covid but uh mm. as soon as all this shit is behind us i too would like to go i bummed up bummed i never, never got to see yankee stadium but, and i uh, want the new york knicks to be so good because they have my namesake and i will change my name to put a k in front of it. i was gonna say you spell your name with a k <laughs> Sp- you and spike lee will lose your minds but yeah i don't think that the knicks haven't done shit since like they, I, they were facing off with Reggie Miller in the in the playoffs in like they, the 90s. It's been so long before my basketball coming out uh, party because mm-hmm. that was only when LeBron went to Miami and I hated him. Now I like him. Um, I think I, I'm finally at the point where like I'm a Fairweather Pistons fan and they've been dog mm-hmm. shit for at least 12 years now. Like I can appreciate LeBron. It's, it's like I remember when he was when he was drafted and he's still amazing. I wouldn't say he's the best player in the in the NBA anymore, but I mean he's still. Top he's tier. playing better than he's ever played. It seems like, which is crazy. You, you have, he, he is the Tom Brady of the NBA. You, you, I, I have to get over the fact that you know I was a diehard Pistons fan and he broke my heart countless yeah. times, mm. but he he's amazing. But hey, we got our championship. We should have had two, but you know we won't go back down there. Bro. See, that's the, that's that's the <laughs> thing with the NBA, like. In baseball, one fucking championship means the world because it's it's a huge deal. Um, yeah, the the NBA is a league of dynasties. It always has been. Right. I've I've, I've said on this podcast before too. Like historically, there's only like ten franchises that it's worth being a fan for. Uh, because I mean, the Celtics have their runs. The Lakers have their runs. The mm-hmm. Bulls, the Spurs, the Pistons. Fortunately, yeah, um, Pistons are one of them. That's like great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. I mean. Uh, yeah. Like I was thinking of small market teams in the NBA, there's like one that has a chance at winning the Super, or there's one that has won it, like in recent memory in Toronto because they're Canadian. But like still, you got all, all of Canada. I, I think that I that. think that was the last the the, the last uh, NBA finals I followed with any kind of intrigue because because I was was really 
intrigued to see what Toronto would do. And what a way for Kawhi Leonard to uh, make his mark there in only one year. Yeah. I mean, give it up to them, you know, like they they did it. Like that's all that matters. They that, went they, they went probably for it. they probably like will give up twenty years of not winning for that. Like I would do that for the Lions. I would I don't care if they ever win again if I get to see one, you know. Um, but that's also the weird thing is like once the NBA started getting really like that, like their popularity has grown because dynasties do grow popular. Like football has the same thing with Tom Brady and the Patriots. Like they, they've been in Tom ever since Tom Brady's been in the league, he's been right there contending for championships. Yep. And I, I know Goodell and all of them were super excited to see him and Mahomes go up against mm. each other just because, you know, Mahomes seems to be the, uh, the heir apparent or, Certainly one of the most intriguing I see, young uh, quarterbacks. Tom Brady, the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and Patrick Mahomes as the GOAT, the god of all things, because of the way that man can throw the ball. <laughs> like, the halfway on the ground throwing these passes, that's crazy. I still say he said he shows in baseball. He, he'd be, like, Tiger's number five starter right now. and always <laughs> Yeah, fun. sounds great. I'm, I'm sure he wouldn't have all the accolades he has now. <laughs> and like No reason he'd trade that at all. No, no. <laughs> Maybe Kyler Murray you can make an argument for, but not really. Like, he's still getting more publicity. And I know baseball is, like, the most lucrative of all the sports because of their absurd contracts. Indeed. But it is a dying sport, like, unless they change shit up. I don't really know how it's going to come back into the youth. Football is not the one – baseball is not the one dealing with, you know, the issue of concussions. So it's it's become kind of a niche thing, but I feel like it's it's been a niche thing for a minute now, and I just maybe I, maybe it's just my love talking, but I can't see it ever truly dying. Yeah, um, with base, I don't know. Like you need to get it needs to be more youthful, and it's like the, like right now in our world currently, it's the hardest sport to play. Like you can't just go out with a basketball and play at a court. You can't just go with a football and play anywhere. You can't just you even if you count soccer like just a ball and I mean hockey I guess is actually the hardest sport to play but skates pads all that shit yeah and yeah. and beyond that hockey's been a niche sport for a minute um, mm. but like you know for baseball you got to have glove you got to have a bat you got to have a field which I guess I guess isn't too hard but they're and you know they're trying they're not you know is it is it succeeding I guess not but you know they. They are trying, but still, fuck Rob Manfred. I still say baseball is not dying. Baseball is being murdered, and the guy holding the <laughs> knife is Rob Manfred. That's a good, um, uh, a good way to say it. Um, what do you, what would you do to like euthanize? And that's the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> that means something else entirely, Nick. <laughs> uh, what would you do to make baseball more appealing towards the younger generation when they're clearly not that interested in it? Well, Including me, with, like sell baseball to me, make it something that I want to go to. Well, I have with, my with, own ideas. With, without compromising the integrity of the game entirely, I suppose you could cut 162 games to 120, 130. I still, I, I think that's it's, it's, it's a selling point, and for the diehards, it's it's cool that you know there's so many games, and any anything anything less than 100 just feels cheap. So okay, no. Still no less than 120 games, but you can afford to lose some. More seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, I like the, they implemented the seven-inning doubleheaders last year, and I like those a lot. I think those should stay. Um, you know, I, I think people would pay closer attention in a seven-inning game than a nine-inning game, but still no more, but still no more than 30% of the schedule. 
as mm. seven inning games. Uh, that would be something. Um, baseball had a clock back in the day. It was called the Sun, where they were all they were all day games, and you know if if, <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, it, if it wasn't light out, you couldn't play. Yeah. Uh, they don't have that luxury anymore because all the stadiums have lights, and there's you know too much money to be made from that prime time slot. Yeah, but, I was going to say, this is one of the worst ideas you've suggested so far. But still. Uh, <laughs> Get rid of lights. <laughs> no, no. What do but, you do if the game, what do they do when the games went too long? See, see, and they're trying to do this, but how often do the games actually go 18 innings? I mean, it, like, it, really, it, like, it, once it, a year? Yeah, right? it, it, it's not that often, and yet they've got this stupid fucking rule where extra innings begin with a runner on second base just for the sake of ending the game as soon as possible. If it ever happens in the fucking playoffs, it's totally cheap. Um, Is there anything baseball will do to, like, you'd be like, I'm done? Because, uh, like, with the NFL, they, the if, rules if, change every year. If they, went, if they went to a full-time 60-game schedule, I'm done. 60? Yeah, yeah. if every year was, like, 2020, I'm out. Like, I might a, be in. <laughs> a 60-game schedule proves nothing because it's just the nature of the sport. Football, one game is enough. It's just the, you know the nature yeah. of the sport. Baseball, it, there's there's an element of randomness to it, to where you need that large sample size to truly separate the good teams from the pretenders. So if it ever, what, and granted, I think I think 162 games or 60 games, the Dodgers were probably the favorite last year, and in the mm. end they won. So that doesn't serve that argument well. On the same token, the Houston Astros, who finished a game under 500 came within a game of making the World Series, which would have been yeah. a fucking joke. So it goes both ways. All right. So um, here's here's my suggestion. Is there anything preventing baseball from playing in, in optimal weather? Like, let's say in the snow. In optimal. Um, or even in the rain. Like, I know they have to call off rain for lightning, but, like, why why do they call it off so, so easily? I know we're running out of time in this segment, but. it's It's a lot of running and... The grass yep. is such. Football can do it. Beer number two, entertainment. I suppose it ends there. Uh, no, I'm going to keep going for this for a second. <laughs> um, so here's Football my- players play, granted, a more physically demanding game, but they play once a week, and it's a larger roster. Baseball plays at least five to six times a week, and right. your, your replacement could be some kid in AAA who is either wholly unprepared or is some journeyman who can't hope to replicate what uh, the star player who tripped in the mud puddle in center field uh, mm. could. I'm trying to I'm trying to like take the best of both worlds here and keep your the amount of games like so. What I think for baseball, the thing is like you need your you need star power, and star power right now only comes from bats and uh, dominant pitching. And I think one of the best things baseball could do would be eliminate, like, what? Like, how many pitchers are on, like, in a rotation? Four, normally? Five. Five? And yeah. Get that down to two. And if you don't want to take away games, just expand the season to make it go through the first of the year to the 30, 30th or to, to, like, Christmas. Like, two weeks off. Just, like, spread it out. You can have the games. You can still have as many games as you want. Just have the season go for all year then that might that might be a good thing to get fans in two man rotations even with like workhorse pitchers going the way of the dinosaur i don't think a two man rotation is ever going to happen that you know that's going to make more star power because it's going to make every team only if you can only carry two pitchers like on your active or 
you know, I, I guess maybe you need more than that. But what would happen in that case would be a situation where the starting pitcher is just forgotten and it turns into you have 13 pitchers who throw 20 to 30 pitches at a time and throw in short bursts as opposed to long prolonged outings, which I would hate as well because mm. I, I, you know, I, I'm always partial to starting pitchers. I like a pitching duel myself. Um, Justin, yeah, pitching just, duels are, are great for baseball, I think. Like, the pit, pitching is everything. Like, the big stars you know are pitchers and bats. Um, so I think you need to elevate that and make it more like – like, because, you know, when NFL is going, like, you got the quarterback every week that's going. Like, you get the pitch – like, every four days a pitcher can pitch, right? Is that the deal? Every fifth day, generally. But, yeah, a, a two-man rotation is never going to happen. Or, or if it does – Mm-hmm. Th- then, you can still have closers and shit. That's, but... a, that's effectively the end of starting pitching as we know it. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I could be completely wrong in this. And I'm a, I don't know shit about baseball, but I'm just thinking like, all right, it's... I appreciate... It's too many games. I want to like it. Too many games. It needs more, ex- it needs more excitement. I appreciate your outside-the-box thinking. Mm. Anyways, on to entertainment. Um, John. What have you been fucking with these days? What have I been fucking with? Uh, quite a bit. Um, anything. I'm also wa- I'm watching like I'm just trying to like fill my cinematic blind spots, which there are plentiful. Um, there's this great site called Letterbox, which you should all use, which allows you to track and rate every movie you've ever seen, which I've done. I don't think I've missed anything and that's been my project since like last march wait so i'm gonna get this right now actually i'm gonna this is right up your alley it's called letterboxd with uh no e b-o-x-d wait letter letter with no no e uh no boxed with no e oh letterboxd.com there's an app for it too okay i got it and that's been my project like last march came around and i'm like holy shit like life is on pause what can I do? Oh, there's like a social media site for movies where you can. Oh, this is a social. Another. Oh, god damn it! I got another social media that I'm gonna be obsessed with. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm an enabler. You're welcome, Nick. Uh, so yeah, I've I've just been filling cinematic blind spots of which there are plenty. Um, Akira Kurosawa is the next one I'm gonna hit. Great Japanese filmmaker who made like all the samurai movies, which in turn influenced so many westerns. And those westerns yeah. influenced like Quentin Tarantino, so it's it's, I'm I'm finding I'm I'm trying to get back to the, the lineage of it all, and you know, fill, I, I'd never seen an Audrey Hepburn movie till this month, I'd never seen a James Dean movie till this month, so I filled that, and then I watched No Man No Man Land to keep it topical, last night, which is um, kind of considered the front runner for best picture this year. Is that the one with Francis Francis McDormand? McDormand, who is just fucking amazing and a living cinematic legend? Was she, was she the one that was in um, Three Billboards? Correct, Amundo. She won one of her okay. Oscars for that, and she won another for Fargo. And she's at least a serious contender. I would give her the Oscar for uh, Nomadland. She's she's mm-hmm. amazing. She, Catherine Hepburn is the record for uh, competitive Oscar wins, lead act, lead actress wins with four. Frances McDormand might get there. Like, she's got two yeah. already. She might win a third for this one. I And she's got the rest of her I, life. I think she's in her 60s, so she can she could conceivably act for 15, 20 more years. Mm. Yeah, she, she's amazing. And it's it's a great movie. Would recommend. So give me, like, a basic synopsis of this movie. So Nomadland is set in early 2000s, I think. 
uh, it begins in this town called Empire, Nevada, which the the bellwether or the um the town ta- the town's moneymaker is this um, mine, I believe. And uh, bottom line, the company goes out of business, and within a calendar year, like the town is just it's a ghost town. Like everyone's moved out, um, and her husband dies. I forget how, but she she becomes uh, houseless, as she calls it, uh, to, to where she loses her home. But she becomes a nomad and lives out of her van and travels throughout the country doing odd jobs. She she starts in Nevada, I believe, goes down to Arizona for this um, gathering of fellow nomads. She eventually makes her way out to... Uh, Badlands National Park and volunteers as or works as a guide and that that was like the best tourism video for Badlands National Park I've ever seen because wow it's beautiful Uh, she goes to Nebraska for a bit and ends up in California and the scenery throughout the movie is just breathtaking I'm remembering um now after you're saying all this one of the one of the podcasts I listened to talking about this and saying like it's like a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic film that takes place in 2012 yeah, yeah. Like, and, <laughs> because and, and, America might not be as great as everyone thinks. It's very telling. The name of the town is Empire, and yeah. <laughs> it's kind of showing the the uh, remains of a failing empire. Wow, okay, yeah. Uh, Rome once fell. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, she, Francis McDormand is amazing. David Strathairn is another really good actor who's been in a lot of, uh, like, under-the-radar shit for decades now and he's awesome and then they actually got um a, a, you know a few real life nomads who played fictionalized versions of themselves uh bob wells being one of them and there's a scene at the end where just, wow the waterworks he, he hits you right in the feels didn't uh didn't the tigers used to have a nomad as one of their pitchers norris right uh yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if Norris is quite a nomad, but he lives out of a van. Yeah, yeah. So he, he 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 engages in the nomad lifestyle. I would like to think his um his, his occupation <laughs> lends itself to having a permanent home, but right, uh, right. He, he does live out of a van here or there. But great movie. So this is probably gonna like so the Academy Awards they were pushed back a month from when they normally are right I believe two months I want to say the ceremony is set for like April 28th or something like that okay. and it's very weird to where typically only films in one calendar year are eligible I believe any film released through the end of February 2021 along with anything from 2020 is eligible so that will be uh, very odd yeah what are the favorites i i I think i heard that this film is the most is the favorite to win i haven't followed it that much just it's it's not and are they are they even gonna have like a real ceremony Um, Uh, who knows i mean does it even matter like that's the real question exactly is is judging art even a real thing fair enough uh yeah well the oscar like s like movies are my number one passion in my life I, I feel i'm obliged to care at least a little bit about the oscars mm. and pay attention to the oscars it, it is you know the the night for cinema to shine and yet fucking suicide squad won as many oscars as pulp fiction and more oscars than seven or heat or the big lebowski or shawshank redemption which is what 
Yeah. Suicide uh, Squad sucks. I mean, I don't want to give any credit to Pulp Fiction. I think it's one of the most overrated movies of all time, but I am alone in that <laughs> thinking. But um, uh, Suicide Squad is verifiably one of the worst movies of all it time. It won for Best Makeup, I believe. Okay. Well, Suicide- I guess I can see that. There's so many categories. Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning film. The Shawshank Redemption is not an Oscar-winning film. Um, I, I another, another blind spot. I have shit on Shakespeare in Love for... 15 years saving private ryan is one of my favorite films of all time and so so this month i'm like you know what everyone says it but now now let, let me let's be able to back it up i watched shakespeare in love and guess what it's dog shit it had no it had no business <laughs> it had at- i thought this was gonna be like a coming coming around like oh yeah shakespeare in love is is good i've never seen it it's but. utter dog shit uh, <laughs> in, in, in 1998 the like certain things with the it's only with the benefit of hindsight it seems like a mistake mm. that that movie beat saving private ryan even at the time is utterly baffling <laughs> you know like um some things i've been hearing about uh the awards that i also tend to believe in like what's up with comedy not ever getting respected in terms of like these big award shows like it might be arguably the hardest genre to produce a hit in like a, like a not like not like a make money type of hit but like a movie that's going to stand the test of time. Like think of all the comedies that have come out that are like really still hold up, you know, like it's, it's not as much. And it's, then, it's very, it's very rare. There, there are certain genres that it, it just shits on. And horror. Like horror is never going to win best picture. Maybe exorcist was the closest and maybe it did win or maybe science of the lambs, but sounds of the lambs is a suspense movie. That's, that's a suspense thriller. Yeah. It, it, Judging art is bullshit. Yes. Yeah. F- fair enough. Um, like and, best movie of 2020 for me by far the movie that's in my top five of all time right now is palm springs and that's not going to get shit i would give i i if i if we're up to me i would give best picture to palm springs me too uh, palm springs is the of i watched i watched a lot of really good 2020 releases but that's the only one that i can competently say 2040 2050 i'm still watching this movie i've already it's, watched it, it like four times this year and i've watched it last last year see that's we we all have our own measures for film and and art in general my my thing has always been that you know it's it's nice if a film is technologically superior and breaks new ground it's nice if a film is culturally relevant and shines a light on injustice or something like that bottom line the most important thing a film can be is rewatchable yeah yeah they're they're like there have been there have been great movies that uh, objectively great movies. You know, here we are talking about you know is there such a thing as an objectively great film? <laughs> there there are heavily decorated films. It's like I watched it. It's really good. I don't feel the need to watch it again. Palm Springs probably won't win an Oscar. Maybe maybe it, if it's lucky, it'll get an original screenplay nomination. Um, that 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 seems to be how they reward like indie endeavors like that. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, the script's great. We'll give we'll give you a nomination for that, and there's no chance in hell you'll win. The most important thing a film can be is rewatchable. And Palm Springs, I can already tell, I'll be watching that for years and years. It's yeah, it's, no, it's fucking I, great. I talk about it every time everyone brings up what movies you like. I'm like, well, yeah, this is, you know, I you know it, it could be my favorite movie. I just really haven't put it up to all this other stuff, but like. It's, it's great, and I don't even like Andy Samberg, or I hadn't liked Andy Samberg. Like, I, I was really impartial to him. 
I, I wouldn't say I never disliked him. It's just I was annoyed that he always played such a total and complete goofball. Not mm. not a strain of playing it straight. And here he mixed it up. He was his he was his still usual goofball self, but he played yeah. it straight a bit and he knocked it out of the park. And him and uh, Kristen Milati were amazing together. Yeah, yeah. What a fucking what a fun movie. And I'm I'm I, I like anything that has like a, a true normal storyline, like or like a, I guess a dramatic or love kind of like a love right, storyline. Right. Just give me that little bit of flair of sci-fi. You know, that's why Eternal Sunshine is my favorite movie. And, Great flick. You know, obviously I love Groundhog Day a lot too, which is a, a, where you know uh, Palm Springs kind of comes from, like that, to retract that type on of genre. To retract on something I might maybe I didn't say on this podcast, but. It's very close, but I I would give Palm Springs the edge over Groundhog Day. I would too, actually. Um, now, Groundhog Day is a great movie, but uh, you know this one's I, this one's more modern, uh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's hard it's hard to judge it over. That's why judging art is fucking stupid. But, but see that, and that's that's where that's where I'm at. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to do. That's that's the best thing that's come out of this goddamn quarantine. Is just I've I've watched probably at least. 120 130 new movies since last march mm-hmm. uh that's kind of where i'm at with with film i i try to absorb as much of it as i can i'm trying to fill my blind spots um i, I have a big blind spot with foreign film um yeah I, I, i've mentioned akira kurosawa um i don't know shit about the french new wave um i learned about um godard and all those guys in film school but i haven't seen any of the films in their entirety so i'm just slowly but surely trying to hit my blind spots yeah, I haven't like I haven't even seen Parasite, which I know was like two years ago. Great movie. Like I, I mean, you're not the Tarantino guy. I am. Like I would have given Once Upon a Time in Hollywood Best Picture, but haven't seen that either. But uh, Par- Parasite is the best foreign language film I've ever seen. Um, mm. I, 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 my views on it were misconstrued on Facebook because I came out and said there's no fucking way I would give this best picture over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or 1917, but. Parasite's a great movie. Um, I, I think it's still on Hulu. I would uh, definitely recommend it. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I've, I, it's not like I have any problem watching uh, or like watching movies and like looking at subtitles. It's just hard to put on when I can put on so many other things that I can just rewatch over and over again. I don't really have to pay attention to. No, I get that. which is like a, a product of being addicted to my cell phone and like immediate gratification of like twitter or facebook or instagram like right it's all it's almost like a social disorder parasite's one of those movies where like i mean the the physical acting is so good you know a lot of times the subtitles aren't necessary you know what they're trying to say okay yeah and and from a design standpoint it's it's a beautiful film the cinematography is awesome the uh that the house that that ends up being the setting for the overwhelming majority of the film is it's a great setting um you would definitely enjoy it uh, all right. Um. Uh, you know what should be involved in like? Uh, why are the Academy Awards like the tell-all, be-all of award shows? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't even include which is growing increasingly popular and more and more what the cultural representation is going to be about in TV shows. Like TV shows are better. Like I, I feel like it's really easy to argue that TV shows are better than movies and more. Uh, important in the global consciousness than movies are, especially right now in terms of COVID. It's a different strokes kind of thing. Um, I, I will say, generally, you know, it, it's still 
I, w- I would argue this. It's, it's argued that film's peak was the 30s, the 40s. You know, you know, like any list of the best films is still topped. And, and Citizen Kane and Casablanca are great movies. Um, they're still, you know, you know, Gone with the Wind and whatnot. They're still up there. That's generally regarded as the glory age of cinema. Um, Back in that? Okay, well, fuck that. I'm a 70s guy. <laughs> G- give me the fucking Godfather and Taxi Driver and all that any day of the week. That's just me. Um, though I, pr- I'm, I'm like, I, I just watched a bunch of Audrey Hepburn and James Dean's mo- James Dean movies. I'm trying to check those blind spots. But I, myself, am more of a modern film guy. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The golden age of television is now. The golden age of television is the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, HBO started it, and for a while, HBO was the end-all, be-all of great television. But now you've got Netflix putting out great shit. You've got uh, FX, Hulu. They've all waded into the market, and mm. there's, it's, it's just a preposterous amount of good TV out there. Can I challenge this idea? I think that it doesn't really matter when uh things were made or whatnot everything's always going to be like movies and tv shows like let's say 10 20 30 40 50 years from now they're going to be better than what they are here because they have all this other reference points to like learn off of and learn from their faults and study what that what made them great so everything's always maybe there's going to be dips in terms of quality like mm-hmm. with, in regards to how style stylistically everything is in that genre like you know we're, if we think about it in fashion like 90s fashion pretty much uh, a peak at that point and then early 2000s fashion like what the fuck happened there what's going <laughs> on with this <laughs> and then like it comes you, back it you, goes everything comes back up and back down but the peaks are always higher than the valleys of the previous generation it's an ever-changing thing it's an ever volatile mm. thing um but tv shows are what the what what the world wants right now what the world is binging you know we're all we're all cycling through our uh comfort shows i i do think television is benefiting greatly from binging and mm. having it right there and you can watch three or four episodes at a time like I, I i'm on i'm on record and i'll contend till the end of time the wire is the best show I ever watched um as much as i love game of thrones nothing else is close it's where I fell in love with Idris Elba. Yep the the wire the wire benefits. I haven't finished the last season yet, actually. It's the worst season, but it, it, it's it's <laughs> still it? it's still better than eighty percent of any TV that's been made since. Mm. Um, the wire benefits immensely from watching on from binging and watching mm. five or six episodes at a time. As much of a shame as it is that it was almost canceled after three seasons, it's. It's it's a slow burn. It take you know episodes go by without anything monumental or too exciting happening. But within the confines of a whole season, it's it's literary almost. It, it's it, it's all part. All the pieces matter, as Lester Freeman would say on the show. But it's it benefits immensely from binging, and maybe that's just the fucking millennial and me talking. But TV shows have that advantage now of. Are you so, talking about The Wire specifically ben- benefits be- from binging, or were you about to say some some other show? No, no, like like Game of Th- like Game of Thrones. Say what you will about the ending, Game of Thrones did the fucking internet shattering mo- mo- moments better than any show that's ever yeah. come. Uh, oh, I want to talk about something after this. People will throw out Breaking Bad. I'm sorry. At its at its best, Game of Thrones was in another fucking league, and that that in its end is is its legacy for me. 
however shitty the last mm. season was. Game of Thrones um, brought the world. Well, Breaking Bad like started bringing the world together. Like Game of Thrones really brought it all. Every like everyone's talking about this. People say you it was got the, a fucking sword on my wall. You know, you got a fucking picture over here. It people, definitely people, affected me. People say it was the last true water cooler show, and I I almost buy that just because the market is so saturated and there's so people. You have so many options that it's. But Game of Thrones is one show that did dominate the national consciousness for the international consciousness for right. Yeah, it might have been because of all like the sat the, the saturation of streaming services and mm-hmm. all the shows. Like it's not like it's the last cable show that comes out comes out weekly. But the streaming ser- services are going to more of a weekly format for some of their more popular shows. Indeed, I see. I see. Like the the boys is still doing it. You know, they they would release they release the first three episodes and then they release the last five separately. Which, which I, I kind of appreciated. It was like an old school vibe to it, but yeah, it, but that, it, it, the, it's, it's a dying breed. The water cooler. If it's show. not, if it's not on cable, you know, in, like regardless of like, even if they release it weekly, it doesn't matter if everyone doesn't have the general access to it. Like you got to have a show, like because you know you went from like the first ever really talked about show was probably. Um, I mean, this might just be stating my time frame, but Lost, like Lost, was a big culture phenomenon. Like everyone was talking about that week to week. X Files comes to mind a little bit before I that. I was gonna maybe, say X Files, twin, twin Peaks. I don't. Yeah. I I wasn't around for when Twin Peaks was like. Yeah, I suppose that, that was more of like a niche hipster, like yeah, snob art snob thing. But but X Files was de- definitely cult- captured the. Um, mm. The zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, the Breaking Bad did, though. Breaking Bad did capture it a little bit. Like, Breaking Bad is unique. As, like, I, I, you know, I, Breaking Bad is one of the best shows I've ever watched. I'll, I'll give it this. It, it is a show that got progressively better. Yeah. I, like Game of Thrones. And it's, I mean, technically the entire thing is not done. There's still one more season of Better Call Saul. Which I've which not watched and I've heard is amazing. I would argue it's better than Breaking Bad. Um, really? It, I would think that you, are, in particular, would like it better. Um, yeah, it's it's like Breaking Bad is great and everything, but you know, actually, well, they're both kind of a slow burn at the beginning, and then it's like goes a little like Breaking Bad goes a little bit too nuts, like you know, magnets. But um, Better Call Saul goes like a little bit nuts, like but with characters and like it, you have the reference of Breaking Bad in it. I don't it, know. There's, it, there's it, something it, special would about you say, it. It almost makes Breaking Bad better. No, I would say Breaking Bad makes Better Call Saul better. Ah. Um, but the better that Better Call Saul is, is like the, I don't know. I don't know. Like they're both great. Like they're both, I would say like, you know, close to 10 out of 10 shows. I well, love- I'm, I'm for sure going to watch it eventually. I'm kind of caught up in a shield rewatch right now, mm. but, uh, I'm for sure going to watch it eventually. You know, you don't want to show that I tell you to watch that doesn't have any fucking sci-fi fantasy elements in it. It's gotta be good. Cause it kept me involved and it's not a sitcom, you know, fair enough. <laughs> Like um, uh, the wire, I haven't finished it. Obviously, I've not. I, I've been watching it for like ten years, and I just it, it's just not my style, you know. Like this, it, The Sopranos watched kind of the first season, but didn't really. Not really my style. See, see, The Sopranos, I get it. The Wire, I don't, because you, you've always been so interested in politics, and mm-hmm. you know the, the the socioeconomic side of it is just. Oh, I think The uh, Wire is like. I, I think it's a really great show. It's just it it is just really not my style. You it, it you you definitely need to watch more than one episode at a time. If, if it had been 
airing, you know, episode to episode, it's yeah, it's too, it's probably too much to ask for the modern audience, which is which is too bad because it's it's a brilliant fucking show. You know, that might be a good point. Like, I I like shows that are like culturally re- relevant, so I can talk to people about. Like, you know, if I'm watching a show that no one wants to talk to me about, like if like The Wire, like no one's. And, I can't bring this up in conversation. Well, that's a damning indictment of America because every American at least needs to watch The Wire. Well, well, so like, you will so never, you will never. We're probably nearing the political segment we anyway. <laughs> but uh, the words "all lives matter" will never cross your mind if you watch The Wire. Exactly. Yeah, the, the Wire, like it's a great, like, like perfect rendition of a show in terms of like real America, you know. Like it's it's a picture per- perfect snapshot of America in the 21st century. You know, Breaking Bad's like the end of the oh, um, uh, I'm a sad old white man that needs a redemption story. Like we don't need that anymore. Like that's that's the end of that kind of TV show. See, and here, here's here's <laughs> what the the sad old white guys don't realize is that show's always going to be there. There's ten other shows like that. You can watch that fucking show. You know, right? It's right. A, yeah. You, know, you don't need to lose your shit because all of a sudden, 007 is a black woman. You know. Yeah, people will lose their shit. <laughs> but Sad. like, that's the thing with Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, when I watched it, was everyone was talking about it. The Wire, no one's talking about it. So, uh, I am not super invested into finishing it. Like, I can finish it in my own time. But other shows, they were in the zeitgeist. Like, I I just need to be a part of the party. And I'm struggling to be a part of the party at this point because there's not a show. We don't have one of those. I know The Walking Dead is still on, but that was a part of the conversation at a time. Uh, and they're they're the first episode of their very last season just aired on AMC Plus, which is going to air on actual cable next weekend, which I have not watched yet because I don't have AMC Plus, but I have regular cable. Sorry to spoil anything, but how many people from season one are still alive? Like two. Daryl, Carol, spoiler alert, sorry. Um, it's been on for fucking 10 years. That might be it. Yeah, see, no. See, that's it's been the, on for a long time. See, that's the thing. Like, say what you will about Game of Thrones and how much the last season sucked. At least so many of these characters we've been following for eight years, they made it to the end. You know, we were invested in them, and however shitty the writing was, however dissatisfying the ending, we followed them through to their conclusion. Whereas The Walking... I stopped. I stopped watching The Walking Dead at f- season four, and it was still like five or six. And then I found out Glenn died. I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, I don't blame anyone from stopping watching. I still am there. I don't know why. Um, I literally don't know anyone else that watches it anymore, which is weird because if, I used to have watch parties for this show. If Frank Darabont had stuck with it and he got shit canned after season one, but I mean, he did Shawshank Redemption. He he did a great mile. He obviously knows what he's fucking doing, but. He, he and AMC mm. couldn't get along, and they shit can after one season. And coincidentally, the first, and by coincidentally, I mean not coincidentally at all, the best season of The Walking Dead is by far the first season. Um, probably. Uh, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to try Two to Two is all right. <laughs> Two is all right. Um, yeah. Uh, what I, what I, do you, have you heard about the creator, the creators of uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Benioff and Weiss? Yeah. Have you heard about their next project? Uh, no. The last I followed them, and uh, I, I try not to shit on them too much because they still made Game of Thrones what it was. The last I heard from them, they got fired from Star Wars. Yeah, I, I think it's like a little bit contentious of whether they got fired or they quit because I think they, they have picked up Netflix's new project with their starting, which is based on a book series. 
um, The Three Body Problem, which is what I'm reading right now currently. And I just Mm. finished the first book in the trilogy and I finished it in four days. Um, And so like this is like an illustrious series. Like it's written by a Chinese author that is translated to English is from the book I read. So like um, like one of the first uh, Hugo winning award Hugo award winning books, which is like the science fiction award winning things. Um, and, uh, they are creating this series, which is a trilogy that I'm like right in the middle of reading, but, uh, everyone's nervous because this is an illustrious series, you know, like it's one of the most popular books in China and starting to come into the American zeitgeist. Right. Right. People are nervous that they're going to fuck it up, but fear number three, politics. I know you're looking for that drop, but he's not our president anymore. Um, <laughs> Expertly done. <laughs> um, uh, I approve. But uh, they were great at Game of Thrones when they had the source material. And honestly, I I will argue tooth and nail the the argument against the argument that as soon as they ran out of source material, the show sucked because I, again, will fight on season six as hell till the day I die. And I say season six was Game of Thrones' finest moment. That all that is, and that is with material that has not been released. Game, okay. of, Game of Thrones started to suck when they switched from the ten season, the ten episode format. Yeah, I think they 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 had to rush it out, which I think that does coincide when the books run out. Um, so they had to rush it because they wanted to get on to do their other shit because they were done with it. Yeah, which you know, and I I know it's not HBO's fault because HBO offered them a whole another season to do this shit, but they said they can wrap it up. Because they didn't have all the material. And, you know, a lot of this is on fucking George R.R. R. Martin's leg because it's been 11 years since the last book was released. And as someone who's read all those goddamn books... The, the only person who has no room to criticize Beanie Off and Wise for the end of the show is fucking Martin. Like, bro, if you'd, yeah. written, the, if you'd written the fucking books, we wouldn't be where we're at. Yeah, my God, it's it's annoying because of how much I invested my life in the Game of Thrones. Like, come on, like, um, but they're doing this. They're doing this three body body problem uh, series, I think, for Netflix, and I don't know how it's gonna work because reading the first book, like, I don't know how they're gonna adapt this for TV, and then reading the second book, like, uh, it's it's a. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because if it comes out, I think it could be a, another cultural phenomenon. Because they're good at that shit. Bottom line, like they they had you know, they had five books to work with. They had great source material, and if it is as good a source material as you're saying, I'm. At the same time, people forget that uh, David Benioff was one of the screenwriters of Troy, which is a dog shit script, and is based on one of the oldest stories known to man. That's one of the first uh, movies I seen in theater. I think like. I remember back. I, I mean, not one of the first, but like I remember seeing that movie in theaters. Is what I'm saying. It could have been a great film, but the script is dog shit, and it's based on one of the oldest recorded stories known to man, the Iliad. Um, mm. So he, on one hand, be, uh, Beanie off, fuck that off, fuck that up. But uh, on the other hand, you know, you've got the first five Game of Thrones books, of which I've only read the first three. But they obviously did pretty well with those. So if the source material is as good as you say it is. I think you can rest assured knowing the show will probably be pretty all right. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be good. I'm not, I'm not really worried about it. I'm just worried about people's reception towards it if like it starts like it's got to start off good 
and I don't think it's at least with the source material. I guess I haven't read the third book. I think I don't want to spoil anything for anybody in case it does become actually I don't fucking care. Um I'm not gonna spoil it for you really. Um I think like there's there's three books in the trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. For the this uh series. And I think they're all gonna take places at different moments in time. Like like each within like a uh, hundred years in between, so I think that that'd be a way to do it, but I don't know because I haven't finished it. In the first book, read it, read it so far, read the first book. I don't know how that's gonna work for TV. Second book, I'm getting into it. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's a thrilling conclusion because why? Why would these books win awards if there wasn't? And you have to be really into tell. science to read these books. But. I see. Not for everyone, I suppose. I got a piss. You can leave that in if you need to. All right. Back to the pod, guys. We took a second break that you didn't notice. <laughs> they would have never known if you never say anything, Nick. I always do. Um, uh, so we're on to politics, John. How are you feeling about the political spectrum of the United States right now? Uh, immensely better since we last talked. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I suppose things are more boring. Uh Yes, and by boring, do you mean that we have just passed 500,000 COVID deaths? Not remotely. <laughs> I'm just referencing an, I think, Atlantic article I meant to read but didn't. Uh, boring is better. Like, yeah, we're not where we need to be. But you know what? At least we can, at least the the president's, you know, fuck-ups aren't wholly in the the public view. Like, yeah. as, as, as Biden done one thing wrong, you know, in the last month to where you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe he said that. Holy shit, you know, <laughs> you're, you're making our country look bad. You know, I would say that uh, the biggest thing that's been on Fox News recently is they were talking shit about Biden's dogs looking dirty, which, you know, okay. Donald Trump's the first president in, like, the history of presidents that hasn't had a dog at the White House. <laughs> and, and, and and say this for fucking Republicans and the right wing. I, f- I feel like dog love spans the political spectrum. Um you're, yeah. you're gonna shit on you're gonna shit on a guy's dogs how, how is that gonna reach the masses how is that gonna invigorate your base i'm, I'm sure even a, a few republicans were watching that shit like you leave you leave that guy's dogs out of this <laughs> I, I, I don't like that some bitch in the white house but the dog's all right <laughs> right yeah um uh it's 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 weird with with Trump out of the White House. Like everything has been more smooth and more, I guess, return a return to return to uh, normalcy in a way. But like you know, it's still not normal because we're still in the the middle of a pandemic. That's been we're approaching a year on the Almost country getting mm-hmm. shut down. Eleven, like, eleven months. Yeah, which is wild that we've been like this for so long, and we shouldn't have been like this for so long. But you know capitalism is going to capitalism pretty much and it's 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 nice to know that and fauci said it all you know in his in his first appearances after biden took over you know he looked like a man released from prison like he could be himself <laughs> like let let the science do the talking and you know not to worry about being hamstrung and people not giving a shit because you know the guy who outranks you is saying uh, you know, this shit doesn't matter. And, you know, except to Bob Woodward in a private interview where he's yeah. explicitly saying, you know, 
oh, it's it's a big deal, but uh, the American public doesn't need to go need to, doesn't need to know about this. Yeah, and, and we're also going through like everything post Trump, and Trump's made his like slight return, saying some shit, still talking about the election reform, and he's supposed to speak at CPAC, which is I heard about that some conservative thing that I don't really care to know about, but. Trump is not gone. Uh, he will be back. And he didn't get he didn't uh, get impeached. So or well, yeah, he, didn't get impeached somehow for inciting yeah. an insurrection on the people. Too uh, too few Republicans with a conscience, I guess. Um, kudos to the seven. Whatever else I disagree with them on, at least they haven't sold their soul to Donald Trump, and they had the uh, the. Yeah, no, thank did, you for they, doing the bare fucking minimum, whatever seven of you are. <laughs> fair, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, um, it, it's sad. Still, I, I, at the risk of sounding to him, it's sad. Um, <laughs> I can only hope that uh, Biden is a smooth go of it for four years and we don't see Trump back in 2024. Well, we got some good news. Um other than like we did pass 500,000 which is half a million Americans dying from a very preventable disease that we have been struggling with for uh, closing in on a year but we are there's some reports out of some different medical journals or whatnot that we are reaching and I and I, I don't I don't know if this is actually factual this is just shit I've heard like I say sometimes so I don't don't fact check me on this but we are at the point where we might be reaching herd immunity from our ineptitude, which is... That's pretty fucking sad. Which is sad, yeah. Like <laughs> I'd heard that um, herd immunity would be achieved with 70% of the population, which, unfortunately, uh, thanks Jenny McCarthy, only 70% of the American populace was willing to get the vaccine. Or at least that's the figure I heard a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um but, um, that, that, that is not the way we want to achieve it. Yeah, no, there is a lot of countless lives lost for all this shit, and it's really sad. I um, count my lucky stars that I have I have not known anyone affected by it in that regard. I <coughs> I spilled beer. <laughs> it's okay. Sober as a bird. <laughs> just grab. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I count my lucky stars. I have I've known people who have been uh, who have caught COVID, but I don't know anyone who's passed, and I I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. Yeah, same here. It's, it, but I also have known people that have known people that have passed from from it, and I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine really like, you know, I've I haven't been the most uh, responsible person during this pandemic, which, yeah, I. It's, it sucks to say, but, like, also, like, how are you going to be responsible during a pandemic when... <laughs> what are you supposed to get by on, you know? Like, how, how much stimulus money have we gotten so far? I believe we got uh, $1,200 in the beginning, and then we got $600 in, like, uh, January. $1,800 in 11 calendar mm-hmm. months. And I believe Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and all other likewise countries have been paying people $2,000 a month to stay home. Like, pay me to stay home. Like, like all this bullshit. Like, we're okay, we're going to only open up 25% of restaurants, which I get. The govern, governors that are in the Republic or the Democratic states are going to do that. And the Republican states are going to open it up uh, uh, just expansively, which, you know, both of them are right. Like, like yeah 
<laughs> Democratic governors want people to not die and not want their hope or their hospitals to be overrun. Republican governors don't want small businesses to die. Like I get that. Like you, there is there's a massive amount of small businesses dying from this. But the real thing we need to be mad at the restaurant industry in particular has been hit hard. <laughs> the real thing to be mad at is that we haven't, as a nation, come together and coalesced over paying people to fucking like pay people to stay home subsidize it we're the richest nation in the goddamn country and we can't do this or and not in the goddamn country in the goddamn world right like, it's a, it's just it's, it's so baffling so, it's so it's, shitty it's utterly fucking baffling and the, there's no chance big gretch listens to this podcast but if she does uh kudos to you for keeping us safe and i'm gonna campaign like hell for you next year because i appreciate everything you did to keep the state safe and michigan's doing all right like i i feel like we're trending in the right direction honestly obviously you could change at any fucking moment mm. but uh it, it's certainly better here than and and michigan is a densely populated state and we're doing we're doing better than a lot of other states and you know people can bitch about her all she wants but she was dealt with the hand she was dealt she has done the best job she could have i think that like the people, the reason we didn't have, like, um, we didn't pay people to stay home, like, subsidize uh, small businesses to pay their employees. Because it's socialism, you motherfucker. Yeah, people are going to get a little taste of that. And then people are going to be asking, like, okay, well, what? If I'm getting paid, like, to live in the United States, like, you know, I'm just going to, like, you know, not go to work and go fishing. Like, okay, there you go. You're kind of you're kind of getting onto this whole idea. That That's what people could do. And then, like, once you have people, like, they can just, like, oh, afford to live on their own. Like, oh, if they don't want to work, that's fine. And if they do want to work, guess what? You're going to have to pay them more to make them a, a, a better than everybody. And guess what? The people at the top aren't going to be able to just hoard this massive amount of wealth that they control the economy with. And it's, can... too, it's too great a threat to the status quo, I suppose. God, like, imagine – all right, let's, let's imagine you had – all of your all your worries paid like you you don't have to worry about not being able to live you're always going to be have affordable housing you're going to have access to medicare access to um an education like you what are you gonna you're just gonna fuck around and not do anything maybe maybe you would and you and that's fine but also what if somebody offers you a job then you're going to accept it if they're paying you enough to it, it to, to climb the social ladder. Everyone's gonna, like, we live in a fucking TikTok-based world where everyone's trying to climb the social status. Or maybe they're not, and that's fine. But there are people that are always going to want to be popular and want to have more than others. But we're just, all we're trying to do is make the bottom line livable. Yeah. yeah it, it'd be not, no, Nomad Land is like that. Uh, it, shown clearly there where a, a person totally had to uproot their life and remote and resort to traveling the country across God knows how many states just because they couldn't afford a house. And th this, it, it's, it's a movie I watched last night and a reality for who knows how many fucking people. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really sad, especially like, cause the life expectancy of the entire United States has gone down by an entire year. And that's, you know, strictly because of COVID. Yep. Uh, and but like for the African American community or ge in general people of color, it's gone by gone down by like three years because they're more wow. more prone to that or more prone because I, I think it's because more people of color are in the service industry 
and they're like out there uh in the battlefield essentially right right you know if this is a silent enemy like trump has said then they're out there battling the silent silent enemy when people that are more privileged don't have to be but you know trump never gave a shit about them so trump only cared about god can't i can't there was there's just not a worse worse president that could have dealt with this than it's why he lost i i I, I've. it is and like you know i guess maybe that's a saving grace but like at what cost at what cost (laughs) yeah yes if if it had been biden versus trump and you take COVID out of the equation the sad thing is trump would have won he could have run on the economy and enough dipshits would have bought it and we'd be stuck with him for four more years yeah. He handled the fucking pandemic so poorly. He gave he he gave Biden his game plan. See everything this motherfucker's saying? Say the exact opposite. That's all Biden yeah. had to do, and it was easy as pie. Yeah, and, and and Trump still got over you know seventy million votes or whatever. All Trump had to do was listen to a goddamn scientist. Just say like, hey, yeah, this is what the scientist is telling me. Yeah, this is what you guys need to do. Everyone would have believed him, including me. Because a scientist is telling him this shit, but he didn't want to risk losing the stock market in that shit. And his evangelical Which the uh, stock uh, market fanatic, fanatics. is just a bunch of bullshit. It is literally just a bunch of bullshit. Volatile, After, completely changeable bullshit. There is every everything is everything that is trending towards the fall of capitalism because People are waking up and realizing how much bullshit it is, and it's not like just like it 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 is capitalism on the in the form of there are so there is so much wealth inequality inequality like worse than the than it was in the French Revolution, which was ages and ages ago. And what are we gonna do as people? Like you know, me and you, we're pretty privileged white males. Like no doubt, we're we're gonna be fine, but we have to <laughs> realize that like we aren't the norm, and we have to keep any thinking, feeling person with a conscience has to wake up and realize this. Yes. Yeah, we have. I don't. I mean, I don't really know what to do because everything seems like such bullshit. Other than like running for office, like we have to maybe consider that. <laughs> like I'd be, I'd be the worst person to run for office, but like I, I could. I, I at least know yeah, what's I'm not, I'm wrong not. or right. I can say that I can say this. I, I wouldn't fucking ignore the the cries of help from you know the black community. I wouldn't ignore cries of help from the LGBTQ community. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think women belong in the kitchen. You know, maybe by that rationale, I'm better suited to be. In oh, you would be a great person to run for office, John. Like you, I, I'm, you I'm listen. The, the thing is, you listen to people. I, I'm I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm that's just, that's that's the I'm issue just, that's that's uh, gonna threaten everything. Like, well, going back, going back to Game of Thrones, you know, the the best the best person to be king is someone who thinks they shouldn't be king. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like everyone that doesn't think they should run for office or doesn't want to probably should. Like, uh, it's just a I mat. I want to because I like the power, but that that's bad. <laughs> you know. <laughs> power trip and Nicholas. It's just it's it's just a matter of you know listening and not being a douche and it's just it's it's so much easier just you know i voted for biden with no with no second thoughts and did i agree with this entire platform no but i can sleep at night 
I, I know he's listening. He's, he's not making an ass out of my country every waking hour. Yeah. It's nice. It is. And, and you know, you know, regardless of Biden's like political, um, affiliations, cause I know he does, he's like someone who wants to try to like sympathize with the other side and whatnot and like try to get the Republicans on board. Like I do think that all that is bullshit, but Biden actually seems kind of like a good person, like more than any president that I have experienced in my own life. Um, <laughs> which is nice. It's really nice. Cause he, he has humana. He has humanity. He he lost the son early. He has another son that's like under his intense. Wife, his first wife. Yeah. yeah. And I don't agree with him politically, but I do kind of understand him politically. Like he's he's from the old guard where you did used to be able to do the shit like where like you would come to agreements with the other people. But like that's not where the political climate is now. And you kind of got to be fucking pedal to the metal with your own beliefs but you know at least this motherfucker is trying at least he's trying that's that's why like i was i was petrified when you know he won the nomination over bernie because i thought like you need an extremity to go up against an extremity i mm-hmm. thought it, it had to be fucking jesus versus satan it had to be beatles versus rolling stones um yeah yeah, yeah. You, you know you needed one titan against another um i fortunately yeah that would not be the way to put this. Um, <laughs> as we said, as I said, uh, COVID came along and uh, unfortunately uh, Trump completely and utterly botched it. And all Biden had to do was say the exact opposite of what Trump did. And from there, you know, the, the American people, you know, showed they have a conscience and they showed their ears aren't completely, you know, stuffed and they did the right thing. I don't know, maybe, man. I mean, the biggest problem we have to face with is the post-truth uh, world we live in, where, like, I'm sure you have people on Facebook that you still see posting a bunch of memes that have just no factual relevance, and people are just like... People People talk about Trump's legacy. That is Trump's legacy. Fake mm-hmm. news. That And that is where, like, I don't know, like, Donald Trump is at least one of the five worst presidents of all time, like... Uh, I mean, he, he's, I feel like he's clearly the worst. He pres, he presided over what has become a culture a cultural cold war is how they've termed it, and I think that's true. James Buchanan and Franklin Pierce, they presided over the beginning of the actual civil war, where shit tons of people died, and at at the same at the same and, time, and Andrew Jackson, right? That came after Lincoln. Andrew Johnson, who Andrew was Johnson. who was impeached. Um, but where where Trump's his, his impact and the damage he's done is unique, and we we don't know it yet. He's been out of office for a little over a month, but I I, I don't think he, that we can't yet accurately measure how much it's it's an epistemological nightmare with this fake news bullshit, and he he is he has stirred up so much of the American populace into questioning. Yeah, everything and it's the integrity of our elections. Even like even our people in Congress right now, like yep. them, them not even willing to admit that Biden won the election fair and square, like it's that's so we, that's so dangerous. It is. So it's, it is. Like, and, that's and, what happened. That's why the insurrection yep. happened. And we won't fully grasp how much damage he's done until much until probably the damage has been done. But it, it's that is Trump's legacy, and that is where Trump 
even even in four years like it, it it's not enough to, okay four years that was an utter fucking disaster let's just never do that again and forget about it. no he 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 wounded us deeply and i can only hope not gravely yeah we have to stitch up these wounds and like i don't i don't really know i don't know the answer like me neither i don't i don't know how to regulate the online uh social social media shit like you can't even now you can't just put like tags like this is fake news people don't believe that people believe in q not they probably they probably shouldn't have waited the my pillow guy is like running promo codes for his my pillows if you use the promo code QAnon, and it's all just crazy tucker carlson is just spewing bullshit lies people are saying that the texas uh crisis with their uh um the state uh, being frozen over for the first time in god knows how yeah, long. Yeah, their their energy grid. They're saying it's based on fucking windmills freezing, which is crazy because there's windmills all over the fucking world. Anything, there's, there's, anything. There's green energy in Alaska and all over Canada, and you think it's I'll tell just... you one thing: it's not Nick. It's not that goddamn climate change you talk about. <laughs> That's why it's even happening. There's there's literally people on record saying that like, okay, yeah, if we don't make because Texas has their own uh, energy grid that is uh, apart from the rest of the United States, and it, it is that way so they don't have to regulate it with the federal government. And uh, they've been suggesting that they need to winterize because of climate change as more extreme weathers. And you can experience weather like you did 10 years ago to the date <laughs> where it can be so cold where shit will freeze and people will lose power. And they were like two minutes away from having a catastrophic energy crisis where they would have been lost without energy for months. But say what you But people like Tucker Carlson and Fox News is promoting these people that are saying that it's because wind energy turbines have been frozen. And that's why the Green New Deal is going to cause the rest of America to go into like... I don't know, some post-apocalyptic thing that we're already fucking trending towards, but it's just, this this post-truth world we live in just really makes me, like, sad and scared, and I don't know what to do about it. But say what you will about Ted Cruz, Nick, at least he was there with them suffering through all of it. Uh, Oh, wait. Yeah, um, sorry, daughters. Um, yeah, my daughters really wanted to go to Cancun. (laughs) Like, what the it, have you ever heard of a fucking father who took his daughters to Cancun? Not in my demographic no. of uh, people. It's 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 so obviously ridiculous, and everyone's gonna start waking Absurdist. up to it. Absurdist, really. Like, how, like the real question is, how do we get people that believe differently than us because of this fake news bullshit onto our side, where we re- we realize that everything is kind of bullshit, like politicians aren't our friends they are there for a reason like yeah i do look up to aoc because she seems very genuine but like still i'm sure she has her own agenda i'm sure she gets paid a a ludicrous amount for doing what she does and i'm sure she does what she does because she gets paid a ludicrous amount like having these people control us that are above us in this social status is kind of ridiculous. They're not fucking there without us. And it's time yeah. we woke up and realized that. Maybe maybe the best thing, like, I know people, maybe people on the um, uh, right always suggest, is like, why are these people getting paid so much? Maybe we need to stop paying them so much. That's like, a thought. 
fuck that. Like, I mean, I don't, I, the benefits are that it, it makes you like want to go do that. But like, maybe you may, don't pay them anything. Then they're really good. If they want to do it, then they're really going to want to do it. You know, that would be one way to incentivize actually doing a good job and, you know, keeping. Because it doesn't matter. You're being, not getting paid anymore. Take the financial element out of it. Yeah. I don't know. It's all. It's, I don't have the fucking answers, Nick. If it, no uh, one has the answers. Like uh, the, the something I heard was like democracy is not the best uh, uh, um, system of government, but it's so much better than everything else that we've invented. Like, and it, yeah, maybe I agree with that. Like, I think I think it was Argo where the, they they come up with a one uh, a one in one hundred plan. Even this is how much I love movies. Even the politics segment, I, will, I always bring it back to movies. You know, <laughs> even, even you know the one in one hundred shot. You know, they 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 bring it back to this is the best bad idea we have. I suppose that's democracy. Yeah, I, I suppose it could be worse. Yeah, oh, it's just it's very frustrating that like I that that's the best thing about Trump was that I am awakened to politics now, and I'm probably not. Gonna, I would agree. I'm not going to be falling asleep. I would anytime, agree. Anytime yep. soon. Well, John, we're at the end. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Nick. This is uh, fun. It's been a minute since you've been on, but where can we find you, follow you, anything you want to promote? Uh, so find me on Facebook. Um, but I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw this back to Letterbox because it's all about movies this time. Uh, L e t t e r b o x d. And they do sponsor. Yes. <laughs> oh, Toast My Ghost. It's a great site. You can watch all the you can rate and document all the movies you ever seen. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, find me on there. More people should be doing it. I know like two people in my personal life who are on it. Hopefully three if Nick signs up. I already have signed up during the podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> Find me at Nick Wigella on Instagram and on Twitter. Find me on Facebook at Nick Wigella. Um, follow my other podcasts. Well, that sucked. The podcast where me and my brothers review movies that are rated lower than 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, except for this week when we're reviewing The Sorcerer's Stone. Watch you'll Stay Alive. <laughs> you'll see that next week. Um, thank you, everybody, for splitting six with us. Remember, it's more important for you to listen to somebody else than it is for them to listen to you. Dylan, fuck you for making me forget how to do this proper send-off. I love you guys. We'll be back next week. 